Second Celtiberian War. Appian wrote that the war broke out because Segeda, a powerful city of the Celtiberian tribe of the Bali, persuaded the people of some smaller towns to settle there and was building a circuit of walls even seven kilometers long. It also forced the neighboring Titi to join in. The Bali had agreed to the treaties Tiberius Sempronius Gracius had made with the tribe in Hispania at the end of the First Celtiberian War. Rome considered that Segeda was breaking that treaty. It forbade the building of a wall and demanded the tri tribute and the provision of the contingent for the Roman army following the stipulations of Gracius's treaty. The Segedians replied that the treaty forbade the construction of new towns, but did not forbid the fortification of existing ones. They also said that, subsequently released from the tribute and the military contingent by the Romans, this was true, but the Senate argued that it was when it granted such exemptions, it also specified that they were to continue only during its pleasure. The Senate must have decided to withdrew, withdraw the ex exemptions because it was worried about the development of the Segeda into a powerful city in the land of the Celtiberians, who, who had a history of rebellions. Rome prepared for war. In 153 BC, the praetor Quintus Fabius Nobilitor arrived in Hispania with a force of nearly 30,000 men. The people of Cicada, whose wall had not yet been completed, fled and sought refuge among the Arvaci, who welcomed them. An ambush in a thick forest with 20,000 infantry and 500 cavalry was prepared. The Romans lost 6,000 men. From then on, they would not engage in a battle of, on the day of a festival of the god, Vulcan, because they because this defeat occurred on that day. The Aravaci assembled at the town of Numatia, which is, had a strong natural defenses. Three days later, Nobiliter encamped four kilometers from the town. He was joined by 300 cavalry and 10 elephants sent by Massinissa, the king of Numidia, a Roman ally in Africa. The sight of the elephants frightened the enemy, who had never seen these animals. They fled inside the town. However, during the ensuing fierce battle, an elephant was hit by a large falling stone and made a loud noise, which frightened the other elephants. They went on the ampage, trampling over the Romans, who took to, this, who took to disorderly flight. The Numantes made a sortie and killed 4,000 Romans and three elephants. Nobilita then attacked the town of Axium, which stored the enemy's supplies, did not achieve anything. He lost many men and returned to his camp at night. These Roman disasters encouraged the towns of Osilis to, to defect the Celtiberians. The Roman provisions were kept in the town. Nobiliter withdrew to this, the winter camp and suffered food shortages. Because of this heavy, because of this heavy snowstorms and frost, many of his men died. In 152 BC, Marcus Claudius Marseus, counsel for the third time, took over the command, bringing 8,000 infantry and 500 cavalry to Hispania. He avoided an ambush at the encampment in front of Osilis. He seized the town and granted it a pardon. This encouraged Nerbotriga, the modern, to ask for peace. Marseus asked for 100 cavalry, and they agreed. However, a raid on the rear guard of the Romans led to Marseus besieging the town, which sent a herald to ask for peace again. 
Marcellus said that he would not grant peace unless Ervaci, Belli, and Titi asked for it together. The Nerto bridges sent ambassadors to these tribes and asked Marseus for leniency and the renewed renewal of the treaty made by Tiberius Gracious. This was opposed by some rural people who had been incited by war. Marseus sent envoys from each party to Rome to carry out the dispute there and sent private letters to the Senate letters urging peace. Marseus wanted to bring the war to an end and himself and gain glory this way. The Senate rejected the peace and sent a new council, Lucius Licinus Laculus, to continue the war. Marseus told the Celtiberians about the impending war and gave them back their hostages at their request. He held a conference with the Celtiberians. After this, 5,000 archivae took Nercrobi. Marseus went to Numantia and drove the Numantians inside the city walls. They asked for peace talks. The Belli, Titi, and Arvaci were put themselves into his hands. Marcellus asked for hostages and money. He succeeded in bringing the war to an end before the arrival of Lucillus. Appian wrote that Lucillus was greedy for fame and money. He attacked the Visay because he was in straitened circumstances. This was even though the Senate had not declared war on them, and this tribe had never attacked the Romans. He pretended that they were supplying the Celtiberians as an excuse for war. He crossed the river Tagus, an encampment near the town of Caio. The council said that they had mistreated the Capertini and that they had come to the aid of an excuse of the presence there. The Caucasia lost a battle and sued for peace. Lucius demanded hostages, 100 talents of silver and a contingent of cavalry for his army. When these were provided, he also demanded that the town be garrisoned by Romans. This was agreed, and Lucius Lucellus ordered 2,000 picked soldiers to seize the city. Then the rest of the Roman army, which had been ordered to kill all adult males, was sent in. Only a few of the 20,000 managed to escape. Some of them went to the other towns. They burnt what they could not take with them to deprive Lucius of the booty. Lucellus marched on the town of Etericae. There, more than 20,000 infantry and 2,000 cavalry had taken refuge. He called for peace talks. The inhabitants reproached him for the slaughter of the Calci and asked him if he intended to do the same thing to them. Appian wrote, He, like all the other guilty souls, bring, being angry with the accuser instead of reproaching himself, laid waste to their fields. He then re- begun to a siege and repeatedly lined up his men for the battle to provoke a fight. The enemy did not respond. The soldiers were sick due to the lack of sleep and dysentery caused by local foods that were not used to. Many died of the latter. When some of the siege works were completed, the Romans knocked down a section of the city walls, but they were quickly overpowered. They fled, and not knowing the area, many fell into the reservoir and died. The enemy repaired the wall. As soon as the side suffered, as both sides suffered famine, Scipio Amelianus, an officer, proposed peace and promised that they would not be violated. The intercatalite trusted him and gave Lucellus 10,000 cloaks, some cattle, 50 hostages as part of the terms. Next, Lucellus went to Palentia. 
The town was hosting a large number of refugees and was renowned for its bravery. He was advised to avoid it, but he heard that it was a rich town. He encamped there and did not leave until constant harassment of the Roman foragers by the Palatine cavalry prevented him from getting supplies. The Romans withdrew and were pursued by the enemy until they reached the river Durius. Lucilius went to the territory of Tertendi and went into the winter camps. This was the end of the illegal war against the Visay. He was never called to account for it, Appian commented, as for the gold and silver that Lucilius was after, he got nothing. Not only did he not, not, did he not have money, but these particular tribes did not send any value of those medals. In his account of the Lusitanian War, Appian wrote that Lucellus and Severus Sulpius Garba, a praetor who was in charge of the troops in Hispania Ulter, and the campaigning against a Lusitanian rebel, conducted a joint pincer operation against Lusitania. According to Appian, they gradually depopulated it. Appian described Galba as being even more greedy than Lucilius. He killed many Lusitanians by treachery.